Warning, this episode may contain explicit language and spoilers from the entire Reordenverse. Butter jelly. What's up, guys? Sorry. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the damn snack bar. This is episode ninety-four. Ninety-four. The Expando Ducks extended feature. They keep you from dying. Woo! Now, just excuse me for a second. Uh, Open up my. Because yeah. kids, guess what? <laughs> We're having a drink. Oh, let's have a drink. Literally. Yeah. Okay, Joe. What chapters are we looking at today of the Sword of Summer? We are looking at from chapter forty-three to chapter forty-eight. Very nice. Very nice. And what did you think of these chapters, Joe? These chapters were beautiful. I they really liked them. Are so I good. Got through them so quickly because I was entertained the whole time. The pacing of these chapters are like really, really, really good. Really good. Consistently good. And the interesting thing about this is that we only have three episodes left after this of this book. But it feels like we're only like just now getting into where we need to be. With the plot. But it's in like a weird way that doesn't make the last, what is it, like 250 pages feel redundant. Like it was taking too long. No, no, before this. Oh, right. How many is... We're like... We're doing them in increments of 50. And we've got 150 pages left after this chapter. Up. Yeah, but like the so 300 pages before this, before this section, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like it was taking too long. No, like it's a good. I don't I mean, know if it's because like we're learning new things. Maybe they could have started um, 50 pages earlier. So like the last episode we did felt kind of meh, compared to all the other ones, like information wise. So maybe it could have been smooshed together a bit more. But that's still only one chapter out. Yeah. Of I don't know if I feel that way because the way that I see it is like I don't know if it's the way that Magnus is delivering the information about this new world and like about this new mythology but it doesn't feel like it's dragging in a way that Kane did no and in a way that Heroes definitely does like 300 pages into Lost Hero you're still fucking bored as shit and you're like get over it I was bored in the first chapter and it did not change (laughs) (laughs) so it's going to be so much fun when we get to that in 12 mm, months time or however long it is I'm going to be drinking every single episode Um, (laughs) that's fine Joe's gonna go broke, and I'm gonna have to admit her. <laughs> Maybe to rehab. Joking. Only once a week. Much. Um, I know it's very true. Uh, <laughs> like for these guys, it'll be every single episode. But for me, it's once a week, and that's nothing. <laughs> that's nothing compared to my COVID depression era when it was every day. We don't talk about that, Doctor. No, we don't. So let's move <laughs> on. Okay. Um, do you have anything super pressing that you want to talk about before we get into any of, like, our emails and stuff? We have emails? Yeah, we have emails. Oh, my God, we yes. Have, we have two messages. Yeah, no, I, they've all gone in my head as soon as you said email. What's that <laughs> okay, okay, so the first <laughs> message we they have... They've all, like, I had it yet. <laughs> <laughs> the first message we have is from uh, Ecologic Mist on Instagram. They were just... They were the ones who um, sparked our miraculous ladybug conversations from... Oh, brilliant. Hi, guys. Yeah, and they said... Is it multiple people or just one? I don't know. Okay, they said, hey again, just listened to the new episode, wanted to say thanks for the mention, and tell Joe that she can watch Miraculous on YouTube. I like, don't know if like that means... proper episodes, or am I going to have to, like, watch... Well, I don't know if that means you have to pay for it, because you know how YouTube has their own streaming service. Yeah. I don't know if that means you have to pay for it, but apparently they're there. We already uh, subscribed to how many? Um, it's like six streaming services. And we only use, like, three of them. So yeah. We had the other ones as a just-in-case. Yeah. We should really reorganize our <laughs> uh, And then they said, did she get around to reading the Iliad? 
you know what? You can absolutely get fucked. Have you read the Iliad? Have you read any of Homer's books? Have you read the Odyssey? Why does everybody get up me about reading the Iliad? Kate, have you read the Iliad? Yeah. Damn it. I read them in um, beauty. Oh, that doesn't count. You were told to. <laughs> By your professor. Professor, sir. Something's happening. Oh, the microphone phones. It's yours. Oh, my microphone phone. My microphone phone. Okay, it's good now. Yay. Thanks. It's just shitting itself. It was just shitting itself for a Maybe second there. Maybe that's how twisted the cord is. I don't know. We'll find out. It's basically straight, so that makes no sense. It's as straight as you are. It's curly as fuck. Wait, that was a compliment. Sorry. <laughs> You're in the middle of telling people that they should go read the Iliad. I Stop should tell them they should show up their asses. <laughs> how long that book is. How long that story is. And what do they do? They run away from singing birds. Actually, I wait. That's the have read the Iliad. <laughs> I have read the Iliad. And then the other day I bought a... Um, <clears throat> when we were in, when we went on our holiday to Melbourne, Ooh, I bought a like women's retelling of the Iliad. Mm. I can't remember which perspective. Women of Troy. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember which character's perspective it's from, but I'm very excited to read it. I have been looking at that book. I see. I would much rather read a reenactment of it that's from a woman's perspective. I'll be like, well, I'll tell you if it's any good great. when I get around to it because I am planning on reading. Because I have seen it before, like the women, women of Troy. I've seen the Iliad too. <laughs> <laughs> That shit is boring. <laughs> Everyone and I tried to explain the Iliad to you, you know and explain the Trojan War and explain how there were the, the god side and Didn't the we get world up side, but then there's like times you tried to yeah. explain it. And like yeah, still, look, I got it by I vaguely got it by the six yeah. where I could follow. See, but it made it hard to, harder to I explain because I couldn't cap it to you for like the mortal side of it. I couldn't say like characters' names because you were getting confused on characters' names. So I had to be like that guy and this guy, and I'm sure that that was just. So didn't help. Help. No, I don't think any of it helped. I'm a visual learner. I needed pictures. <laughs> okay, good to I know. Need, next time, you know, next time like, I will have pictures. You know on YouTube on, when they explain stuff and they've got a whiteboard and they've got little cardboard. Yeah. Okay, think horrible history. I'm thinking. No, I'm thinking. Um, the channel that Hank and John Green used to share together, and they used to just teach you about stuff. Yeah, random stuff, but they used to have little cardboard cutouts and they'd be on a whiteboard magnetized and they yeah. would shuffle them around and, you know, like a little cartoon as they yeah. talk. I'm like, that's the best way to teach me stuff. I, I need the colors it's and I need the pictures gotcha. Gotcha. and I need the little jokes and I need, I need it simplified in a Gen Z, Gen Z humor. So it'll be like, sorry, it was really tragic. Oh, well, they died. Moving on. <laughs> Like, I want it like that. I don't need you to tell me it was deep and meaningful and the connections behind it. Like, I don't even about that. That would capture my attention. I'll be like, mm, snooze, move on. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm not explaining this well because no, I'm not a teacher. <laughs> like, you're explaining it well. I, there's, you're a visual learner. I'm, I can't like, that a lot. You would express how much I You're a visual learner and you need jokes. I do need jokes <laughs> and I need colours. I'm hearing you. It's I, fine. I know, but people also need to hear. I'm not stupid. I mean, I'm not very smart. <laughs> I'm not stupid. Yeah. Like, I can learn just as easy, easily from visual and, like, reading. Not as easily from, like, auditory like I listening to someone talk about it <laughs> see but 
not from textbooks, but I like going away and doing like research my own way and like googling a specific thing in a way that I want to read it. Why only do like, that if it's it piques my interest? But say if it's for like uni or something, or it's if it's for school, the best way to teach me is with pictures and colours <laughs> as you talk to me. Also, I also want to know that the person teaching me has full confidence in what they're saying and, like, fully knows what they're talking about. Because you know when you, like, you can tell a shitty teacher because they have to constantly read word for word out of the textbook and yeah. then, you know, fact check themselves because they're like, oh, I don't know if I'm wrong or right. Be like, my brain just goes, what am I paying you for here? Be like, I can do that on my own. That's yeah, like when kids do presentations are. and they just read off their PowerPoint and you're like, I'm reading it too. It's fine. You yeah. don't have to talk. You just, yeah. I did, that shit annoys me because I'm like, I could look it up if you gave me dot points to like look up and research. Please. Like, like, I could do that myself. I'm paying you. Because you're supposed to already know this stuff and you're supposed to teach it to me in a fun <laughs> way. learning it together. <laughs> you're like, yeah, it's supposed to be you know it and you're teaching me not, you know, you could do this on your own time. The whole point is, is you showing me... Oh, where am I going with this? Anywho. Okay, so the point is, I would go away and find you a way to watch the Iliad in a fun, informational way. But if I said that to you, you would think it's homework and you wouldn't watch it. Would it have pretty colours? Probably. I could find one. But that doesn't mean you'd watch it. Maybe. What I have to do is I have to it make a video. It has to be on TikTok. I have, yeah, I have to have it for like 10 years and then a resurface on TikTok and it just suddenly finds you in the algorithm. That's what it would have to be. Yeah. And then you'd be like, oh, yeah. You'd be like, look, look what I found. But it can't be like part one, part two, part three. It has to be one video. Oh, it depends. Sometimes they're really engaging and I'll be like, well, now I need a part Speaking of engaging part one, part two, whatever, yeah. I found a... I was watching this thing this morning on TikTok that was like the recap of a Russian movie. I didn't realize it was Russian until I read the comments. <laughs> I'm also a person who reads all the comments on TikTok, so like, I'll let the video play ten times while I'm reading stuff. Which, when you're sitting next to it and you go, what the fuck is that still going? <laughs> I told the song, your body language speaks to me. Or a corn song, and then I'm like, let that play, that's a good song. But so this morning, this morning I was watching this recap of this movie about a woman who was sold to be a wife, right? I know you hate it already. But oh, great. <laughs> but she was sold to be the wife of a dragon. Okay? Okay. Okay. This is a movie? Yeah, in Russia. It's not even I a read, book. Okay, I've read quite a few monster romances on TikTok, so like, oh, on um, Kindle, so like, not a huge, you know, it's not cracking. One I've read it, <laughs> one 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 so you're missing out. There's a couple good ones. Anyway. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, so the plot of this movie was like, um, yeah, all these women in history are like, are like all the women in this town, they come of age, they do like a wedding ceremony, someone sings a song to call the dragon, and the dragon comes and chooses which one to have, and then takes them away, kills the woman, and that creates a new dragon. Okay. Okay, but then the Wait, plot of so this movie was... It's lesbian love stories? I don't know. Then the plot of... No, no, because they're men. The plot of this movie was, They're making new dragon. Out of like the ashes or something. I don't really. Wouldn't it be a woman? I don't know. That part wasn't explained because it's like short form. Anyway, so then the rest of it was like this is no longer a madness podcast. <laughs> the rest of it was like the dragon who had been summoned was the son of the last dragon. So the town hadn't seen a dragon in like years and years and years because right. this one guy had been like slaying all the dragons. Bitch. Okay, and, but then so the wedding ceremony that was happening, they still did the ceremony, but it was just for men to choose a wife. 
So the ceremony they were doing now, hang on, was the dragon slayer was choosing a wife, but then he was stupid and sang the song, or someone on his boat sang the song and summoned the dragon. And so this son, the dragon's son, who, you know, they didn't know existed because they thought they killed the last of the dragons. The baby dragon, yeah. He came, took a wife, went back, whatever, then locked her in this cave, and then she's in the cave and she sees a guy in through, like, a crack in the wall, and he's, like, in pain or whatever, so she goes over to sea, and then he, like breaks out and they like fall in love and then she's like then the dragon shows up and it's like terrorizing everyone whatever and then so to keep her safe he helps her escape and she makes it back to her village but then her wedding ceremony was never finished so they're doing it again but then she stands up and she misses the man she fell in love with in the cave so she sings the dragon song and then she gets back to the island where the dragon was from and he transforms into the man she fell in love with and dragon. yeah she like kisses him and turns him back she kisses the dragon because she's realized that it's him and turns him back into a man and he like couldn't control because his rage like turned into the dragon whatever and he couldn't think of anything except killing her to make a new one and then she was like when she kissed him in dragon form he was like oh my god you love me I'm gonna let go of all my anger and just be a dragon for funsies and then they make babies and they live forever and I was like okay they make babies and the babies are dragons yeah they can turn into dragons but like the difference was she didn't have to die because of love and so they were like so we've been killing all these people for no reason. Oh, no, the town them. didn't know. No, no, the dragons though. The dragons. Oh were yeah, like, pretty wow, much. We have been that was like his way. fear. So like he helped rescue her and like helped get her away when he was in his human form because he was afraid. He was it was like a Hulk situation. He was thinking the dragon was a different part of him and not uh, actually like. But then he realized that the two were together. The dragon was just really angry to be a dragon. And so then when he was like, oh my god, but I loved in my angry form, so I'm loved in all my forms. Cute. Yeah. No, I don't know how we got onto this. We still have another email algorithms on TikTok. Oh, right, of course. We have another email? We have another email chain. Anyway, and this um, one thanks is for really that tangent. <laughs> yeah, okay, so this email is from Whitney. It says, Hi, I'm Whitney. I thought I was a hunter of Artemis, but after your Kane Chronicles episodes, in parentheses, I've never read them, uh, I think I'm more in line with being a follower of Neith, that doomsday prepper hunting goddess. <laughs> I love that. Anyway, I was just emailing you guys to say that I love your episodes and I have a very pressing question. I have a fanfic that I'm writing, and it's an alternate universe where Percy Jackson is actually a famous actor, and he's just most well known for his role in the Olympians TV show. Oh, okay. Pretty cool concept okay. already. Uh, they didn't have a link to the fanfic, so I, you know, maybe they haven't uploaded it. Oh, okay. Um, so then they said, so my question is, if Percy was a real-life actor, what, real what would be the existing movie or TV show that you would have loved him in? Yep, that's my question. Keep up the deranged theories because they always make me giggle. You guys have infectious laughter and I can't wait to binge all your Magnus episodes. I'm waiting until all the episodes for book one are out because I'm slowly making my way through reading. And then they had three of those heart emojis. Cute. I thought those were penises. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's the eight with like equal sign, equal sign, equal sign, equal sign, equal sign, equal sign, capital D. (laughs) And another equal sign, capital D. Oh, I see what this is. <laughs> um, so if Percy was a real life actor, are... <laughs> if Percy was a real life actor, what is the existing movie or TV show that you would have loved him in? Peter Malak. Peter Okay, my That's first thought was all I have is Hunger Games on the brain. That's all fair, fair. My first thought was because I was like, if we're talking about when I was obsessed in love with Percy Jackson, was Same when I was era. fourteen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so if I had seen a fourteen-year-old Percy Jackson 
as Edmund Pevensey oh. in the Prince Caspian movie, I would have lost my absolute shit. Absolute mind. I would have lost it. Oh. So that's my... How can you not? That was the first thing I thought of was just Edmund. They give up the same oh, price, man. okay? Edmund, you have my heart. <laughs> <laughs> When he brings out his double swords, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> like, you'll see him. reading too much. <laughs> but like, so in the final battle in Prince Caspian, obviously this is spoilers, but also if you haven't seen by now Prince Caspian, what the hell? You haven't, if you haven't seen by now, you're not going to, and you're waste, you've wasted your life up you until this right now. You've wasted your childhood because you've wasted you haven't until lived. Now. It was such a good series. Yeah. Anywho, not the point. But like Edmund, it was just the first thing that came into my mind. He's the swordsman. Like he's he's the he's the fighter guy. You had a better explanation. You, t- you tell it. Um, of who? Edmund. He, but he was just like so. You know, when they were in Narnia in Lion Witch. Oh Lord, yeah. And when they decided to stay, Peter was the high king. Yeah. And Edmund was. Edmund was just the king. <laughs> well, yeah. But so he was, he was like, um. He's like, I'm gonna be something cool. Like, if Peter's gonna be the high king, I'm gonna be the cool, fun uncle who does this shit. <laughs> basically, but he was like, uh, he was basically Athena. He was like the war council kind of person, not in charge of making decisions, but like definitely advising you on everything. And so because of that, he was like a master swordsman. Yeah. And. So he was in, soccer on steroids. In the Prince Caspian movie, you see him steal one of the um, what are they called? Not troglodytes. <laughs> what are the what are the the bad guys called in Prince Caspian? Centrinians. No, Centrinians. <laughs> I want Centrinians talk at the Terabithians. Terabithians. <laughs> what are they called? Telmarines. Telmarines. He steals one of the tools of Telmarine and then takes his sword. And then he does like a cool, he has a moment where he's got double swords and it's just the greatest thing I've ever seen. But yeah. that was what he fought with when he was like all grown up in the first yeah. Narnia book, like before they went back through the wardrobe again, like when they grew up the first time. He, that was like his specialty was double swords. And I was like, this is the coolest guy in the entire world. Literally. And, Pevensey, and, like, he's so, and his sense of humor is so underrated. Like, it's just little sneaky comments that it, yeah. you know, where it's just sort of sarcastic and like, well. But it's right. also just like, he's the one with the most well-rounded character development, I think. Oh, it's like, beautiful. Like, tempted by sin, basically, because the whole series is an allegory for you know, religion and Christianity. Christianity. Yeah. And so... That, that part's a bummer. Yeah. So he's like, tempted by sin, and then he gets over it and realises that that was a bad fucking choice, and, and then, then he like, then comes around. Mistakes. Yeah, but then he basically serves as a reminder for everybody else what happens when you join the dark side. Yes, they have Turkish delight and cookies, but you shouldn't. <laughs> and he's like, you know, you and then he basically, like, amends for everything, and he's just, you know, he's a cautionary tale, and I love him so much. Yeah. This is now a Narnia. <laughs> We're talking about everything but Magnus. We always do. We always talk about everything but Magnus, which is interesting because I actually have a lot to get through today. We haven't. We these chapters are so filled with so much to talk about. Yeah, it's so good. I literally got through. Okay, I got through like the first. I didn't think of my item. <laughs> we got through like I got through like the first four of these six chapters when I was reading them. And I was like, I have nothing to research. Like, this episode is going to be empty as. But then I realized that we haven't gone into any of Loki's backstory, really, because I was waiting for this chapter where he kind of talks about Balder itself, like mm-hmm. the whole thing around Balder and why he's, you know, in a prison. And so I was waiting until this chapter to, like, or this episode to give all that information about Loki. And then when I was researching how much I was going to have to talk about Loki, it took me like three hours. It was way too long. It was way too long. I literally, I There's told so Joe, we can have an ice cream when I'm done. It'll be 20 minutes. I wanted and then an, an ice hour cream. later. 
Yeah, it was really fun. It's really fun. I just finished my lunch and I wanted an ice cream because I wanted something sweet after my savory. Yeah. <laughs> and you were like, it's okay, wait. And I was like, all right. So I sat back down. <laughs> And then 40 minutes later, I'm ne- I'm nearly done, I swear. And I was like, okay. Okay, so should we get into chapters 43 yeah. to 45 then? Okay, yeah, so do, in do these chapters, the crafting club is about to get real dangerous, okay? <laughs> Magnus has been given the job of protecting Blitz from incoming attacks and cheating from Junior. Hearth has been given the task of stoking the fire. The Hearth. <laughs> Sam has been, given the, has been given the task of messing with Junior, and she seems fucking gone for like the whole thing, so like she wasted you know, her task. And Blitz, of course, is just trying not to have a panic attack while making little duckies, okay? Yeah. Little duckies that are going to be big duckies soon. Uh, but then he moves on from ducks and begins to craft fashion armor, which is the greatest thing, the greatest invention ever, and should have been used way back in Percy Jackson. I have a lot to say about it, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Blitz wins the competition. Love that for him. He wins some new rope and vindication for his dad. And then Junior <laughs> wins some tears, both golden and warm, because he's being a little bitch about losing. Um, and then Junior chases the awesome foursome for their meddling, threatening to kill them. And instead, Magnus' sword Jack does all the maiming. Until they bring a bazooka. Yeah, <laughs> So they and bring a bazooka tank. and they're like, okay, time to leave. And they bring a bazooka and a tank. You know what? Okay, so you know you're saying that like the best lines that you could read out, like find in the show, in the show, in these chapters, one was like, oh, I forgot what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> one of the lines I remember that was really good, which was, oh, fuck, I don't have my book in front of me. Anyway, it was something like, and we, as a unit, all collectively, I was so proud. Red. Turned <laughs> down red. Yeah, ran away. And it's very good. Yeah, it's very good. So, yes. I love the zero hesitation. We all ran. Fuck that shit. Samira was supposedly missing for the entire fight. It's not until the end of this section that you realise, oh, she transformed herself into a fly and then bit Junior. She was messing with him the whole time. But Hence, she was here and she didn't abandon them. Yeah, yeah, because Magnus for a while was like, some kind of fucking friend you are. You <laughs> what the hell? hell? Magnus was like, she's sleeping in while Blitz is about to die. <laughs> she's going to miss it. <laughs> Anyway, so this section is covering uh, chapter 43, Let the Crafting of Decorative Metal Waterfowl Begin. 44, mm-hmm. Junior Wins a Bag of Tears. And 45, I Get to Know Jack. Get to Know Jack. Yeah. He's cute. Yeah. He spends um, his time well, Magnus. <laughs> he was like, you know what? I'm standing here protecting yeah. <laughs> Blitz from the nonsense, like, from his ducks. <laughs> and he was like, let's get to know Jack yeah. while I'm at it. So, basically, the first note that I had about this entire section was about the first page of chapter 43 because Magnus is talking about how everyone has like brought out all the stops for this like for this <laughs> crafting club they basically like they have like food trucks and they have everyone's got something they've got bleachers to sit in like everybody's basically like having this big festival to watch what's essentially a public execution yeah after some crafting it's an extended public yeah, execution. yeah really really drawn out one but it's like a celebration at the same time <laughs> and I was just like this feels so wrong <laughs> like it feels it feels like all the things that they were bringing like felt like carnival things that are like very much happy times for like everybody except the ones who were in a death match and so it was just like you guys are over here on a ferris wheel so you can get angles of the crafting competition from all heights <laughs> and they're just like ready to die down there or trying not to die and you're just like what if I swear it from like up there or what if I swear it while there's having like a potato swirly from a food truck yeah <laughs> like, like the same buzz you like when you go to a fair so if that's the case then what blitz 
and Junior are doing is like you know when you watch those really big guys cut through trunks like saw yeah they have soaring competitions and stuff like that yeah they are really fun to watch <laughs> yeah but there's no death involved <laughs> well <laughs> hopefully <laughs> they are swinging around axes yeah that just reminds me of that guy on TikTok who everybody is obsessed with but I just find really really cringy the wood chopping yeah, no, guy, the axe guy. I find he like purposefully says stuff into his mic that's like heavy breathing and like things that you would hear in the bedroom but it's like it's so yeah. out of place it's really cringy like if he didn't say anything I would be fine with it <laughs> but like, every now and then he says come on baby a little bit more and I'd be like no well, he said in one video split for me and I almost threw up <laughs> I was like this is foul <laughs> When he said that, you know that audio where it's like, that just made my pussy throw. I was just about to say that. That just made my pussy throw. <laughs> Please cut that out. This is not age appropriate. <laughs> Since when are we ever? Um, yeah, so anyway. No, but I'm worried when we say stuff like that, it, encourage, it encourages people to send shit like that to us. <laughs> no, I've had a drink. I don't want to hear it on a Tuesday night. <laughs> so, the thing about oh, this yeah, whole, people. like, it looks like a festival, looks like a carnival, whatever, but it's going to take a long time to get to the point of the public execution, right? Yeah. So then, I was thinking to myself, Joe. Do you think they play carnival music in the background? <laughs> 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 Merry go around song. all the time, <laughs> driving you nuts. Um, oh, I like pina coladas. It's just on everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. That kind of but it has to be like in a way that like Sam bites Junior's nose and then immediately is if you like does dead body Charles dead body <laughs> alright read the room <laughs> um yes anyway my question was going to be if your public execution was drawn out like this and made into a celebration what would it look like like what would be there what stalls are there celebrating your death what does your to the death look like. Okay, if I'm going to die, I'm going to make everyone suffer, and uh, so Ferris wheel's going to be there. Um, <laughs> Not everyone doesn't, like, people like Ferris wheels, it's just Well, you. it's going to be the most rickety, terrifying Ferris wheel ever, because Ferris wheels are stupid. And no one should ever go on them. They're not thrilling. They're no fun. They're built in a day. That's terrifying. What it should be is if you want to make everybody go on it, then you should have the exit like stopped by the ferris wheel so you have to get on you have to sit on the foot you have to get on the ferris wheel and it goes up and over and then you get off on the other side and that's how you get out okay but if i want people to enjoy themselves then it's going to be one of those little choo-choo trains they go around this you know like the little kid ones except for adults you'll have to pull your knees to your chin technically if you really wanted it to be anything is for adults Okay, well, it's going to be built for children, so it's tiny, and every adult has to get it. That's the entry point. You can't get in unless you get on the little choo-choo train. I have to say, I've never seen an unhappy adult on one of those things. Never. <laughs> they're always having a little giggle or a little smile. Like, okay. it's not, it's not, it's fun. Okay, well, they're going to be uncomfortable for at least <laughs> the five minutes it takes to go around the whole track. See... If I want to go fast, if I want to punish people for coming to my public execution, right? I want over the speakers to be playing that sound where plates <laughs> rub against each other, <sighs> but like on a loop. And I'm, I'll be like, if I have to don't fucking go be tortured, then so do you. Don't go insane. Yeah. Well, that's that's what I want. I would also get benches that are spiky. Some people would enjoy that. I'm cutting that out. <laughs> That's not what I meant. It's not what I meant at all, okay? Okay, 
Yeah, no, I would get the benches so that they're angled and so that you're going to, like, slip off them. Right, <laughs> so, right, right. so you're constantly clenching, trying not to fall off this fucking bench because it's slightly angled and it's super slippery. <laughs> like, it's just going to be immense torture. And you have to pay a fee to sit on the seat. <laughs> like, and you can't sit anywhere else. There's no loitering. You can only, <laughs> you can only sit on the seats and they're slightly angled. And there's no shade. Fuck you. <laughs> and in Australia, no shade. That's a good one. It's a, it's a metal seat. <laughs> have fun with that. A metal seat with a seatbelt clip that doesn't have anywhere for it to go. A seat? No, that'll, that'll be something. Yeah, it'll just be over your knees. Like, that's what it does. No, like it doesn't have anything to click into, so it's just touching you the whole time. <laughs> Burning you. <laughs> yeah. If you have to endure a metal yeah. photo wall, you watch it. Yep, so yeah, there's nothing to keep you stable on the chair, and you're not allowed to, and you only get three, three minute toilet breaks, that's all you get, for the whole time we're there, and then there's three rounds, so that's like all day, you only get three toilet stops, <laughs> you're only allowed to get out of your seat for so long, so you just clench the whole time, fuck you, so I did. Ridiculous, ridiculous, anyway, we need to move on, um, <laughs> get back to this. Yeah, I think we can move on from the what would your death competition look like. <laughs> right, and what would you make, though? Or what would I make? Ooh. I would... Okay, okay. Oh, shit, she's gone. I wouldn't be able to make it, but... And I'm not taking I'm not taking ownership of this idea at all, but I saw a tweet the other day that was a dad talking about her daughter, I mean his daughter, and his daughter had said, why don't they make edible tape so that you can actually keep your burrito together? But you oh can eat yeah, it. and I was like, "That is genius." Wasn't that like Somebody invented that. <laughs> yes, and I'm like, "This child is Einstein." Oh, we need, we need them as, but like it. savory tape because it's not a burrito. Yeah, like you have to be like, you know, like, I don't want sugar tape. Yeah, <laughs> my brain thought you said sugar tits. Sugar tits. <laughs> and I mean, sure, I'll have sugar tits, but I don't want sugar tape on my burrito. Unless it's an ice cream burrito. But yeah, so like if I could have one thing right now, that would be that. But what would, would I make? crafting, Kate. you got to make something yeah. metal. Ooh. Or that kind of stuff. I probably want to make something useful. Okay. Oh, you know what I would make? I would make a, for us right here, that would help for us, okay? Okay. I would make a slide that goes from our balcony down to... The garage, okay, so that I don't have to take the rubbish downstairs. I can just put it like a laundry chute, but for rubbish. Sure, but that's like not going to obstruct the view and not going to look like an eyesore. So but it's like, like a retractable helpful. one. Sure, like you press a button and yeah, it shoots that's what out I would like with the and then you slide the rubbish down and then you retract. Yeah, that's what mm. I would like. Okay, so that I don't have to take the rubbish downstairs because that's Sorry, I think the main reason why we forget. Why we keep forgetting to take the rubbish out is because it just takes so much effort. We have to go up four flights of stairs. I don't want to do <laughs> up and down four flights of stairs. So yeah, that's that's my thing. What so would yours be? Mine would be. I thought of it on the fly. Again, I can't make it, but it would be like a Ben Ten watch, but instead of when you like like, but you do it with outfits. And so I could be out and about. So say, like, I'm ready to go to work and I'm in my work outfit. Mm-hmm. And then I get to work. And I'm I'm also a gardener at my work. And so I'd be like, all right, so i got to go 
you know, trim the bo- uh, trim all the hedges. <laughs> oh, I almost said something wrong. To trim all the hedges and water the plants and pick in up all... parade. <laughs> yeah, in parade. Pick up all the rubbish. And so I would be like, all right, Ben 10, I need my gardener's outfit. Boom! And then I'd transform into... That would actually be super helpful. This is magic. I can do whatever I want. <coughs> this is the main dilemma that I have at the moment. And they'd be fresh and with, clean when they come out. With the gym, right? I only yeah, like going to the gym. Changed. I only like going to the gym if there's like a class that I can do. I don't like going and just mindlessly by myself. No, I need music and I need like a group setting. That's what I need. And I need someone telling me what to do. Anyway, but the only classes Collective that I want to go to are like right when I finish work or like yeah. with just enough time if I got straight into my car after work and I can't do that because I have to get changed into like it's just not feasible I can't just get straight into my car anyway if I got straight in my car and drove straight to the gym I would make it on time for classes yeah. but I, I can't because I have to like get dry and like get dressed and it just takes put on fucking tights takes extra time right so if I could just get dry and dressed and with one snap of a watch that would be that, so helpful it's, it, you timed it and it was literally that you don't have a spare five minutes no to if get I get changed. stuck at one red light I'm like you're like you're gonna miss the class yeah and that's which is like fine if you have like a permanent spot but like with the gym that we go to it's like if you don't show up they'll give it to someone else who's standing right there who didn't book in time and then they'll penalize you like they'll Mm. be like and then that counts as you skipping a class so we're gonna take like we're gonna fine you twenty dollars and it was like (laughs) yeah (laughs) don't do that yeah Sad face. So that's really helpful. I like that idea a lot. Thanks. Like, like, like. I'm meant to say great, right? Yeah. Yeah. So okay, do we want to talk about Blitz's actual like, you know, what he does for his, um, what his creations are? Because it is the most, in my opinion, underrated thing ever. Yeah. And it should have been invented way earlier. And we have spoken about it before a little bit when we were talking about what powers in Percy Jackson, what powers kids from other cabins should have. Yeah. And this, like, came up in conversation. Some kind of, you know, inkling towards it. Literally. Things but there's, like... interest them. For example, um, Selena should have been way more... Like, she was dating Beckendorf. Mm-hmm. And she should have been like, can you make me some cool shit? Like, she, can you make yeah. me a lipstick taser? I want one. There should have been <laughs> fucking more collaboration happening between the cabins at camp. Yeah. Right? Because, like, the only time the we ever see them... The only cabin that constantly has beef with everyone is Aries. So they can fuck off. <laughs> Everybody else should have been collaborating. Continue. But, like, we see them collaborate on things like building um, chariots for their chariot races. Yeah. So why can't we see them bring their powers together to create something fucking amazing? And fashionable armor or at least armor that changes into other pieces of clothing yeah, that can when you're not in. using them yeah. is so fucking smart because there's literally one point I think it's in The Last Olympian where Percy is like wearing a breast plate shield and pajama pants Yeah, and I'm like fucking have some armor pajama pants like you can still wear you can wear your pajamas to bed but they double as you know, yeah. like, but they don't Be look like, like it like, and they don't feel like it either but they have the bulletproofness <laughs> Of armor, yeah, they have the durability of yeah. armor, but they're comfy and they work. Yeah. and you're not going to. And as like something that you sleep. can, something you can make rather than a magical item that you're gifted, like Samira's hijab or um, Annabeth's cap. Like or those are inherently made out of. No, no, but literally, like those clothing item, clothing items are made out of whatever makes them invisible or camouflagey. Yeah. But you could do that without using like powers. You could just craft it in a way that's like. 
those you know those pillows that are like sequins <laughs> and you can slide them down they yeah. have an image on one side and Sorry. slide them up have an image my, on the other side my brain just thought of Captain America Winter Soldier when he makes his own shield <laughs> like the janky you um, mean um Falcon and that's what I mean Falcon and the Winter Soldier that's embarrassing the team. <laughs> yeah, what he's literally rolled up to battle in a cosplay what's wrong with him <laughs> with his his little disc it's <laughs> not a shield it's a flimsy piece of metal anyway so that's Sorry, just when you said that, that's what I thought of. But we mean for real. We mean not the off-brand. I'm not talking DIY. I'm talking like, I mean, it is do-it-yourself, but it's also like do-it-yourself, but leave it to the person who knows how to do it. Yeah, with the professional. Be just inquire with it. Yeah. And so, like, then the Aphrodite kids, if you want to have them be in charge of fashion, you can go to the Aphrodite kids being like, this is my concept. Can you design something for Yes, me? literally. And then you're the first person that goes to you're, like, the creation round of things. And then goes to the second person, and they're, like, they actually put it together. And but like, if it was oh. full-on materials, then the Aphrodite kids could come into work because they work with materials. Mm-hmm. I mean... Aphrodite kids and Hephaestus kids all work with materials, different kinds of materials. You can have Athena kids in there weaving shit, like weaving metal together in a way that works. It's it's endless. It's endless. go down, and they just don't care. And you're like, break. So what needs to happen is that this is a spoiler for the rest of the series. Someone just needs to redesign. This is a really, really minor spoiler. But when Blitz opens his own store, right? (gasps) He does? (laughs) It needs to be known amongst the demigods and anybody who ever has to go to battle and they need to be his most frequent customers. Literally. That's what I need. They will be. Like, Joe, will, Joe will do cold calls that's and people show up I've now just house. decided that's what it's shop. going to be. You know what it's going to be? It's just going to be like a mention. It'll be like, oh, what um, should I get Annabeth for her birthday? Oh, you should get her a new pair of earrings. I don't know. Or like something. It'd be like, oh yeah, we'll go to like, oh I know this great little shop and it's Blitz's workshop and it's like, yeah. And they have little poison capsules and so you can kill people. Yeah. <laughs> or be like, there's gas. Like you pick it off and you crush it and it becomes a gas bomb and then you throw it at the enemy. So mm-hmm. it keeps you safe and it's pretty. Yeah. Boom. But we don't want any like boomerang arrows. We don't want them coming back. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, anyway, so the other thing that's sort of, sort of like introduced in this section that I really wanted to touch on is the fact that Samira can shapeshift, and it's kind yeah. of assumed that any child of Loki can shapeshift. Yeah, right. That is so cool. It it's is so cool. cool, and it's done in so much. Personally, I think it's done in such a better way for Samira than it is for Frank. Like, yes, for Frank, it's kind of like this weird, vague thing, whereas like it actually makes sense as part of Samira's character because of her dad makes so much more sense makes so much more sense it's done so much better than Frank's power and I thought because like Junior makes a note of the fact that part of the horsefly that she became to like thwart Junior whatever had green wings it was the same colour as her hijab and that's why he recognised her right Right. so part of her is always green does that make her beast boy from Teen Titans oh I love it it's all like a single He's such a pumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this would make me like Samira so much more if she had Beast Boys first. I just love green. Put green in everything. I'm going to be like, yeah. This is the series for you. Green is in everything. I love green. It's a shame it's Loki's color, but still. You're literally sitting in a chair that's blue with a yellow pillow, and what do those make? Green. And it has what color blanket on it? Green. It's a green blanket. Yeah. 
And you're, you're, sitting, you're sitting in a green chair. I really am, yeah. <laughs> I and I was green. also sitting in a green chair before. I have a green footrest. Emerald green. It's velvet. It's very pretty. The chair is also emerald green velvet. It's from Ikea. <laughs> it's not as special as from Ikea. It is special. How dare you? have three of them. But only one of them's green velvet. Wonderful. Anywho, here we go. So yeah, so is yeah, there anything else that you wanted to say about shape shifting? Just in oh, not shape shifting. This was more. This is back to blitz. Just in right, general, okay. that Magnus was the one who clocked him into it. Because my I read that and I was like, that is so. Because you could tell that Blitz is having yeah. a panic attack, and so he's literally a genius for that. Like a genius, absolute so smart. And then Blitz going, oh my god. You know when something's so obvious, you're like, why the fuck did I not think yeah. of that? It was yeah. right in my face. It was one of those beautiful moments where it was like, Magnus was paying attention. Mm-hmm. And he even said when mm. he... Magnus is always paying attention. Oh, yeah. As part of his, like, survival stuff. He pays attention to everything. He's very To the point enjoyed. where everyone's like, you look dumb as shit, but you're, like, the smartest person in the room. Yeah. And it's crazy. Yeah. The only times that he looks dumb is when he doesn't have the information that he needs. Yeah. So, like, when he first comes to Hotel Valhalla and he knows nothing, it's because Samira isn't explaining things. But, like, as soon as he has an explanation, he is, like, the smartest person in the room. Yeah. And I love that for him, because he's got, like, such a calming energy, but he's also got some, like, such, like, a dumb fuck energy as well. Hippo. Love he's, it. He's brilliant, and we love, love it. it. But I just, yeah, I literally just love that you, in the chapter, as you're reading, he literally says... Things clicked into place as I was thinking, though, and it'd be like coming to a conclusion on how to help my friend. It was like, why don't you just do this? And he was like, oh my god, so amazing! And then half beamed at him with such a proud smile, and I was like, oh, so cute! <laughs> because I love this and half! And then half was like, yay! Because he, half was also so happy to see his friend doing something that he knew the Dwarven community, his community, yeah. would recognize. And on top of that, Blitz was passionate about it. So he finally got to mix his passions with um, and his work and knew it would be appreciated on all levels. And Half was just so happy for him. And I was like... And all of a sudden gave Blitz's life a sense of purpose. Literally. And I love that. I love that Magnus sparked that. Beautiful! So fucking good! Literally! Oh, God, it's so good. Magnus is... A pumpkin. He is fucking a pumpkin. This whole book's full of pumpkins, except for Samira. I hate her. I don't hate Samira. I just she just bugs me. Well, when she's the only one who's not a pumpkin, it really stands out. <laughs> it really, really does. There's the pumpkin troop and then the asshole. <laughs> there's the, well, there's the pumpkin troop and there's the asshole. Look, and she's really not done anything that bad. I think it is probably just because she's that different from the rest of them. I'm like, <laughs> she's not feeling the vibe. It's really not. She's bringing down the group average. Imagine if all of them were in the same vibe. You would be bored. There'd be no one to hate. That is... That's fine. Because the way that I see this series... I disagree. Whenever I read a book, I need someone to hate. The way that I see this series is that they're all, like... I need to feel all the emotions when I read something. So I'm glad they always make a character where I'm like, fuck you. I don't feel that that way because this is the most progressive of Rick's series, I feel. Like, I feel like it's the most, like, accepting in a way of, like, things that the other series aren't. And especially, like, the third book. I love the third book. Because everybody in the third book is just absolutely chaos energy, but, like, loving found family chaos energy. Oh, we love found family. And so, like, no one's an asshole in that book, except for, like, the villains. But, like, when they're all together as, like, a family, I'm like, you guys are all on the same level. And I love it. So the pacing is great. Yes. Because even when we meet a specific someone later on, there's not an asshole to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
than one. In, no, especially not in the way that Samira's an asshole to me. Like, she's done something personally to me. She's an asshole to me. She's so mean to me. <laughs> anyway, um, should we move on to the next section? Uh, do you have anything else to say? So we did go over that. So Blitz won, obviously. And yeah, he's yeah. super proud of his work. Yeah. And when they were marking his work and they brought out his um, bulletproof necktie and bulletproof vest, he was watching and the crowd was like, oh, yeah, we'd actually use that in the future. Yeah. Like, that's actually good. Of the <laughs> I love he was like, love he was like introducing his stuff and he was like, haven't you ever gone out with a bulletproof vest but not your matching bulletproof necktie? And there was one person in the crowd like, yeah, I have. <laughs> 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 I just thought that he was like, taking hold of that. One person, you will be my muse. Yes. <laughs> I love it so much. I think it's great. Yeah, crickets everywhere except for like, one guy. And he was like, see the whole crowd. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love him. Okay, so... Yeah, we're at Okay, so, because it's been 50 minutes and I have so much to get through. We were having fun! We were, we were. So, okay, in chapters 46 to 48, everybody is bringing out the sob stories, okay? (laughs) Everyone. Um, We get to know a little bit about Hearth's story, as well as Loki's little predicament with the whole snake poison bit, and we also get to learn about a really gross concept for a boat. Um, Blitz has been summoned to Frey's side as jewellery delivery guy extraordinaire <laughs> and so we get to know Thor's depressed goat Otis instead as he leads the fearsome threesome to their next task which so. is apparently rescuing Thor from swimming <laughs> he's just allergic to it apparently he's like the god of like strength and all these like he is literally like the Starbucks yeah. of Norse mythology you cannot go anywhere without seeing him on a corner and like a hooker, yeah. Like a hooker. Yeah. <laughs> he can't swim. He is the guy that you say to over text. You really, but he can't swim. And he hurts his feelings because he can't. <laughs> yes. Like you don't know how to ride. It's like. the real reason that he has a thing against Yormagenda because Yormagenda can. I was going to say that's why he doesn't like Jormy. This is where it stems from because <laughs> Jormy jealousy. Jormy stems from jealousy. Jormy knocked him out of the boat, and he was like, up. Uh, uh. <laughs> He just never tried swimming before, and then oh, after joining, he never wanted to. He's like, I can fly. What use would swimming have? The like, well, <laughs> you want to go fishing? Maybe, like, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> get flying out of the water. <laughs> yeah, the hammer pulled you off. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the this section we're looking at uh, chapter 46, Aboard the Good Ship Toenail. Uh, 47, I Psychoanalyze a Goat. And 48, which has the greatest chapter title in the entire book, Hearthstone pa- passes out even more than Jason Grace, though I have no idea who that is. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Classic. And I know that we haven't got to Heroes of Olympus yet. I know. Who is that? Oh my god. Oh my god. Who is that? Um, yeah, no, we haven't got to Heroes of Olympus yet, but uh, those of you who know, you know, and it's great. So. Um, also, those of you who don't know, fucking how? Because I want to get on that train. I don't want to know Jason Grace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, basically. Before, I have a lot of things to say about Loki, so before we get into anything about Loki, do you have anything to say about Hearth's story, Joe, or what we're talking about? Hearth's story. I know that's jumping ahead a bit after Loki, but, I was gonna say. you know. Um, do I? It's sad. It is sad. It's about it. But it's also like, the great, well, the way they explained how to 
start like how to how you get magic in the first place is great though where you're like you literally have to hollow yourself out mm-hmm. and empty all that you are yeah. in order for make in order to make room for magic and I was like yeah. that's a great explanation because here's here's Mags being like why can't he just do magic and yeah. Samara so was like well this is the price and he was like why would anyone want to do that to do magic, Magnus. That's why they would do it. And Magnus can't understand it because he was born with it. Yeah. But he was born with the lesser magic because technically rune magic is stronger than Alpha Theta. Yeah. But getting there is the hard part. Yeah. I think the Harp's backstory is really interesting because, like, especially, like, we obviously don't get the whole story with his family, but we get enough to understand why he wants to prove himself and why he wants to, you know, become this person and exactly what the, you know the the well or the drinking of Mimia's waters we understand exactly what it offered him and why it's important and so the conversation basically starts with half showing Magnus which rune represents him the most yeah. and it is the empty cup uh, rune which is represents fate yeah which is really... I mean, the funny thing about this whole section is that Half basically shows him the rune and then is about to explain it and Samira goes, you go nap, I'll explain. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, thanks. He's like, great, I can't think. Yeah, because he's like, you know, because he got them out of where they were. Oh, sorry. He got them out of where they were. Where they were escaping, right? Yeah, because yeah. he's amazing and underrated. He's amazing, we love him so he's much. He's a pumpkin. Yeah. But so, like, they're explaining that the reason Half you know, wanted to follow magic is because his parents never accepted him for being deaf and then his brother died, but they still didn't want half, even though he was their only son left. Yeah. And in part they blamed they blamed him blamed for the him. son's death that was said in this in part. In part they fully blamed him. Yeah, they fully blamed him. Okay, awesome. So then, you know, he went to the well, he went to Mimia and asked about his fate and then Mimia said that he could either get his hearing back and go back to his parents and be the son that they always wanted slash had and then lost. Mm. Or he could accept that that's a part of himself and go ahead and... Learn magic. Learn magic, which is his life's goal, basically. Like, that's the only thing he really wanted. It is his dream. I love that this book's about following your dream. It's great. Um, Yeah, and so then he sees himself as an empty cup both because he needs to be that to learn magic but also because he already is that from his family history like he saw himself as that before he even considered yeah considered following magic he saw himself as that as he was growing up and he's never he hasn't learnt self-acceptance yet in a way that like how am I going to explain this he he hasn't learnt to accept himself yet, and so when he was offered this, you know, option of his fate being you can accept the way that you are and study magic, he thinks it's one or the other. Like, he doesn't think that accepting that he's deaf and that that's his fate fully will let... Like, he doesn't think that that's the part of himself that needs to be empty. He thinks he's already... Empty. Yeah, and so it's... Like, he, he doesn't realise that that's the thing that he's given up to learn magic. He thinks he still has to give something up. Yeah. And that's why he's holding on to things like Blitz and um, Magnus and, like, these connections so much is because he's like, well, I'm going to have to let go of something, but it's... I don't know if I'm explaining this right. But, yeah. I think he's really... He's my favourite character. He's so interesting. He wanted... 
So what he's saying is he needed to give something up in mm-hmm. order. Like, sorry, for anybody else, you need to give something up in order to gain magic. Mm-hmm. Half had already had something. He'd already given something up before he yeah. even tried magic. So he was already at the yes. level of acceptance. Yeah. But he thought he had to start from scratch. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so what he's actually given up that he doesn't realize is that he's given up the the thing that he thinks would make him normal, which is the option to be hearing that yeah. he can hear. Like he gave up that that other choice, that other life where he mm-hmm. has his hearing and he is accepted by his family. He gave that up and that was in a way the sacrifice that he made even though it was one or the other. Yeah. He's just so interesting. I love him so much. Yeah. Yeah. And then they meet Otis and Otis is like depressed as shit and he's my favourite. <laughs> it's so funny. He's like everything. He reminds me of Eeyore. Yeah. 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 I love it. It's Big great. Eeyore vibes. Yeah. But, and so if well, anybody... What he's saying is valid. Like yeah. when he talks and he's like I'm just a walking meal and me and my therapist just like chatted out and stuff. Yeah. So he was like okay I'm just being used by my master every day. And I was like wow Otis that's really... He's just, like, so funny. And if anyone doesn't know who Otis and Marvin are, I can't um, say their names. Hang on, I'm going to try and butcher... Not try and butcher, but I am going to try and pronounce <laughs> their names. So Otis, his name is Tan Griesnia, and Marvin's name is Tan Joster. Right. Um, which means... Uh, Tan Griesnia means teeth bearer, and Tan Joster means teeth grinder. And right. if anyone who doesn't... Who needs, a, who needs a visual description, you know those two really fucking annoying goats in Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah. That's these guys. Oh. Yeah. They were really annoying. They were really fucking annoying. But yeah, that's these guys. Um, they're the go-to pull Thor's chariot, basically. And the thing about them is that they're they're kind of similar to Serumnia, who is the the boar that's um, slain every day in Hotel Valhalla or in Valhalla, right. and you eat from and it's resurrected each day. The goats are the same, but just for Thor. Right. So... What's fun about them, though, is that there was one myth where Thor went to, um, he, like, stayed the night, Thor and Loki stayed the night at a peasant farmer's house in mm-hmm. on Midgard one day, and in exchange for letting them stay there, even though they're gods and you probably should have let them stay there anyway because you're mortals, <laughs> the farmer was like, can you, can you share your food? Because we're poor and we don't have any. And yeah. Thor's like, yeah, fine, whatever, that's fine. My only rule is please don't break any of their bones. That's going to be really fucking annoying for me. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're like, yep, we agree, whatever, we're going to eat the food. And then Loki convinced the farmer's son, Thalfi, to break a leg bone and suck the marrow out because it's like super yummy, whatever. And so Thalfi does it. And then when they finish eating, they have to throw all the bones in onto a pile and then Thor will take them in the morning and resurrect the goats from the bones. And Thor notices when he resurrects them that one of them has a limp. And so he storms back into the farmer's house and he's like, who the fuck broke my goat? That's yeah. rude as shit. And now he's limping and it's going to be a bumpy ride, even though they can fly. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> and so then Thalvi, you know, puts up his hand and he's like, fuck, it was me. Sorry. And then so Thor's like, well, you broke him. So now you're indebted to me forever. And I'm going to take your sister too, just for shits and gigs. So then Thalvi and his sister Roskva became his servants forever. And oh. yeah, they don't know. Like, it's not really said in mythology whether the goat got over its limp or whether it just kind of is lame forever. forever but i can't remember which one if it was otis or marvin who has the limp right i'm pretty is it said in these chapters no. when they're like ribbing on each other or well, is it said, otis like, doesn't have a limp when he's walking so okay. it must be marvin 
gotcha. Otis is just, he's funny to me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And, like, the reason that Thor can resurrect them from their bones is because um, people who followed Norse mythology believed that bones were, like, specifically uh, symbolic for, like, witchcraft. And so they were, like, you know, that was just the easiest way. Right. I don't know if that means that anyone could resurrect any animal or if it's just specific to these goats in that one war that one time. <laughs> Except it's every time because it's every night. Just what you said that one more. That one time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm funny, Joe. I'm hilarious. Hello. She's mocking me. Come on. Actually, I was quoting Michael Scott. Whatever. <laughs> okay. So then, do we have anything else to say about these sections apart from Loki? Like, before I get into Loki. Because he's the best part. He's not the best part of this section, but he's definitely, like, an interesting part. Um... No, no. Okay, I do. We have talked to... to Jack. We touched on that. He became friends with Jack. Yeah, Jack. I said it in my recap, but I didn't really like go into it. Yeah, I mean, Jack basically gave himself a new personality with his new name, and I love it so much. Yeah, Jack was like, I don't want to be some brander anymore. I want to be Jack. And maybe well, he was trying to take Magnus' name. Yeah, that's a good strong name. I'll take that. And then Magnus was like, No, Magnus is my name. It's be real time. You ready for this be real? Damn. Wait, get the in the background. It's blurry as shit. I love it. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna leave that in. <laughs> okay. When you answer, you'll be real. You guys, I'm gonna be real. <laughs> Follow me. I'm at no god no. <laughs> what were we talking about? We were about to talk about Loki. We were talking about how Jack changed his name. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. So just then explaining how when Jack fights people as himself as soon as Mangs, you know, puts him back on his Grips. necklace, <laughs> grips his hilt and caresses his clothes and holds him close. So immature. Puts him back on his necklace. God, so <laughs> Stop making sexual innuendos on our children's literature podcast. I think I literally made like 10 this episode. <laughs> every episode. It's been, this of, one's not special. it's been a lot of double swords and gripping the hilt. Just cradle the balls. <laughs> Anywho, um, fuck's sake. Just talking about how it worked and how they were like. You know, I fight people for you, and then as soon as you reclaim me, <laughs> um, I take away all your energy. And I was like... Oh, oh, it's basically like, I do all the fighting. If you touch me, you'll get just as exhausted as I did. <laughs> Stop it! There's no other way you can say this! <laughs> this is like in Harry Potter when they use their wands, and she says stuff like... And they gripped their wand tightly. <laughs> or she uses the word ejaculated when you're talking about Whoa! Whoa! multiple Whoa! times as a synonym for the way that a wand spurts magic. Oh my god. She says shit like the wand ejaculated. She was fucking the as hell when she was doing this shit. Like, she had to pass it off as like, what? It just means this. It's like, yeah, I'm not You'd be like, like bitch, it. everybody knows ejaculated is reserved only for the peanut. Or maybe a DVD holder. Ejected. But that doesn't count. It's not ejaculated. Okay, so are you ready to move on to some things about Loki? I have about four stories to yes. tell. 
And each one of them. I'm about to monologue. (laughs) I really am. Hey, I could have done six stories. Yeah, me I whittled it down. Hit me. And it's really only three and a half because one of them I've already half told. Right. (coughs) Okay. I'll just be real. So, as we know, Loki is the trickster god, okay? But is he a god? Is he a Jotun? He's kind of a half half. He's a delightful half half situation. He's a yogi. So he is always portrayed, or usually portrayed, as a scheming coward who cares only for shallow pleasures and self-preservation. He is playful, malicious, and sometimes helpful, but he is always irreverent and nihilistic. Or nihilistic. And what, sorry? Yeah. What does that word mean? I can never remember. I know what it means. It means pessimistic. Destructive. Okay. Um... Yeah, so he, while he's usually treated as a nominal member of the gods because he is so powerful, he uh, actually occupies a space or a position that's sort of among gods, giants, and other ex- uh, other spiritual beings because he's kind of, he fits into many categories. Right. Probably because he can shapeshift, you know? So, uh, Loki is, his father is the giant Fabouti, or Fabuti. <laughs> And his mother is Laufey, sometimes known as Nal, who could be a goddess or a giantess or something else entirely. It's not not really known. Um, He is, obviously, as we've discussed before, the father of Hel, Yormagenda, Fenrir, through, I mean, and Fenrir, through uh, the giantess Angraboda. And he's also the father of Nari, or Nafi, through uh, Sigyn, or Sigyn, Sigyn, who is the goddess of loyalty and faithfulness. Oh, <laughs> she's no. literally the goddess of fidelity. Sometimes she's also the goddess of victory, but seeing as how much she loses, I don't think that's really yeah, um, yeah, he's also the mother of Sladnir, who is Odin's eight-legged horse, who... Um, Loki gave birth to after shapeshifting into a mare and courting the stallion Svaldafari, which I'll tell that story later because it's funny. Loki! Yeah. <laughs> no, like, it's funny, trust me. Loki! It's a funny story. Come <laughs> on! It's a funny story. Actually, that would be yeah. like, that's the same level as Zeus going, I'm gonna fuck a goose. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, he became the goose in order to fuck another goose. Did he? I thought he just transformed himself into a goose and then seduced a woman wow. and then was like, <laughs> you fucked a goose. <laughs> to the woman. <laughs> she gave birth to some goose person hybrid. A goose. A goose. Stop it. <laughs> it's a really good table. <laughs> Shut up. It was funny. Oh my gosh. Okay, so, if I'm going to get into his most infamous stories, his most infamous acts, right? The first one is obviously the kidnapping of Idun. Idun is the immortality, immortality? Immortality. The golden immortality apple chick. Yeah, yeah. Right? There's more to that story that I didn't tell last time. So, when he turned into an eel and saved her after she was kidnapped, right? Yeah. He flew away with her in, he was holding her in his claws as either a nut or a sparrow, doesn't really matter. The giant who abducted her in the first place uh, followed them, so Loki stopped and burned him alive. (laughs) Right. And then kept going. But then that giant's daughter came to Asgard and was like, I demand retribution for you killing my father. And the gods were like, Loki, you deal with that because you're <laughs> yeah, it would be like, and she was so like, be like, sure, this is a Loki case, all right? Get in line. So basically, the giantess was like, <laughs> her name was like Scotty, I think. Anyway, she was like, I will take payment in the form of you trying to make me laugh 
So, like, he was like, all right, bet. <laughs> so, what he did was he tied his testicles. Oh, God. <laughs> he tied his testicles to one end of a rope and then tied the other end to the beard of a goat. And then he set the goat running. <laughs> he set the goat running and then he went in the opposite direction and basically, they just played tug of war with his testicles, squawking and squealing as one pulled one way and the other pulled How the other way. How his testes? Basically, until he fell into the giantess's lap, at which she laughed because it was so ridiculous. And obviously, he was in such pain. She was like, "Yeah, okay, this is this is this is pain. like this is this is the fight." <laughs> And then that was the end of that. <laughs> so that's that part, the dumbest story. <laughs> that's the part of the story that it's I was hilarious the last time. Uh, yeah, so that's really, really funny. Okay, what's the next one? <laughs> so the next one, if we want to talk about... Actually, we have to talk about this one first. So the next one is the creation of Thor's hammer. Right. So as... So one day, Loki was walking through Asgard. He saw Sif. Sif is Thor's wife. And Loki went, you know what? You need a haircut. <laughs> so he went and balded her. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he balded her girlfriend. Yeah, he balded her. Um, obviously, Thor really fucking angry because he was like, she's no longer hot. <laughs> you have to fix it. He's like, it's going to take forever for her to get grow her hair back. No one wants to fuck a bald person. Okay, is he balding? Or is it in a weird way? I was like, she's a woman. It's always weird, which is just rude. It's not true either. It's for white women. <laughs> anyway, so then Thor basically said to Loki, fix it. And Loki went, okay, I know how, I know how, I know how. Don't kill me, I know how. I'm going to go to Svartalfheim and I'm going to get a dwarf to make her a new head of hair. It's going to look great. It's going to be shiny, you know, because her old hair was golden. This one's going to be, like, shiny golden. It's going to be great. And Thor was like, fucking fine. I will deal with it until you get back. Yeah, you the greatest wig right. that you can <laughs> Yeah, so Loki goes to Svartalfheim, and he gets the dwarves to make her some new hair, right? And they do. And they also make a fancy ship that's the size of um, Nalfa. And Nalfa is the, the ship of nails and toenails and gross things that yeah, Loki's yeah. appearing on right now. Yeah, it's yeah, disgusting. Yeah. So they make a ship that's that size, but the special thing about it is it can be folded up to fit in your pocket. Oh, Ben 10. Yeah. Oh, and more like, you know, fucking just... Origami. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but it's like a really sturdy ship. Anyway. Right. The other thing they make is just like a really deadly spear. So then, Loki, feeling cheeky, obviously, like he always does, he goes to a different group of dwarves and basically challenges them to make three items that are better than the ones he's just received, because he was feeling greedy. And then he was like, I will gamble my head. It, like, if you make three items that are better, you can kill me. If you don't, I'm just going to take the items anyway. Yeah. That's, that's the challenge, right? And the dwarves are like, okay, we can do that. So then, this is... Who decides is what's better? The gods. Okay. So then, um, this is actually the basis for the story that we see in uh, Magnus of Samira turning into a fly, right? So as the dwarves are making these three items, Loki turns into a fly, bites and stings them and whatever else right. to try and thwart them from making these items because he sees that these dwarves are super talented and he's like, fuck, they're actually doing it. Okay, so the first item that they make... Um, Loki transforms into a fly and comes to sting the dwarf's hand 
um, to try and stop him, but it doesn't work because the dwarf has already created a um, living boar with golden hair that gives off light in the dark, and it can run better than any horse, even through water or air. So pretty good boar. Right. Pretty magical. And it's they make that? Don't know. They're just really, really good at their jobs. <laughs> so then the second time, um, Loki, fly Loki, he bites the dwarf's neck, but it, it's moot point because the dwarf has already created a ring that creates eight more rings every ninth night. So it's just like, it's like in Harry Potter, that spell in Bellatrix's, sure. um, you know. What do you need that like, many rings for? Though? Currency? I don't know. Just extensive jewellery. Maybe you have so many wives you need to give them a ring every, I don't know. His different rings every time? It just creates more golden rings of equal weight and um, value. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just makes you rich in rings, really. Right. Um, yeah, and then so the third time, Loki fly uh, stings the dwarf's eyelid, causes it to bleed so the dwarf can't see, and he's like, alright, I've done it. They won't be able to make the third item. I'm not going to lose my head. It's going to be great. They've already made the item. It's Thor's hammer. Jonathan, right? Right. So the hammer... Uh, is a hammer of unsurpassed quality. It never misses its mark, and it can boomerang back to its owner after being thrown, but it has one flaw. The handle's too short. But then the dwarves decide, there's not really a flaw, it's just like, character building! It's fine. Yeah. It'll be fine. So they're like, you know, they name it Lightning, which is Mjolnir, Jonathan, um, and they make the dwarves then make their way to Asgard to claim the wages due to them for their creations. They basically go to claim Loki's head. But Loki flies to the hall faster, and he somehow has all of the items, and he gives them out to the gods before the dwarves get there. So he's like, I've already done your job, you can't, they, you can't claim that they were your items, they already have them. They're their items. Right. So I can't lose my head because you didn't make anything. Oh. Right? Um, so he gives the, uh, the hammer to, Thor. He gives Sif her hair. Obviously, so he's got six items to give out. Um, he gives Sif her hair, Thor the hammer, he gives the spear and the multiplying ring to Odin, and then he gives Frey uh, the ship and the boar. Mm. Which is why Frey has a big flying boar that he just takes everywhere and rides everywhere. <laughs> we talked about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ride his boar. So yeah, the gods are really grateful to receive all of their gifts, especially Mjolnir, because they can sense that it will come in handy, come Ragnarok. They're like, that's that's going to be good for blowing off some giant's heads when, when Doomsday comes. Um, but they decide that Loki has done the wrong thing, and they decide he needs to give up his head anyway. And so the dwarves are like, fuck yeah, we're going to claim our prize. So they come along with like knives and stuff, but then <laughs> Loki's like, hey, hey, I'm imagining them as the coconuts for a moment. <laughs> so Loki, Loki manages to get out, out of it by saying, hey, I said I'd give you my head. I didn't say I'd give you my neck, right? And they're like, okay, well, how the fuck do you give us one without the other? So then instead, they decide that something that is an equal punishment is just sewing Loki's mouth shut. So oh, they saw it shut. Yes, it is. And then they just return to their forge. And that's the end of that story. Shut that's up, how, That's how Thor got his hammer. Yeah, that's fun. Okay. So then the next story of Loki, which is arguably my favourite one, right, is the fortification of Asgard. Okay. Okay. So, this is the one where he fucks a horse. Oh, God. <laughs> this is, so this one... A smith arrives at Asgard one day with his horse and says, his stallion, and says, look, you guys are unprotected. I can build you build you a really big wall, okay, to go around your whole city. It's 
going to take me um, probably like three years. Mm. The gods are like, okay. And he's like, in return for Smith, I would like to marry Freya, obviously, because she's so beautiful. I would also like you gods to give me the sun and the moon. The gods are like, it seems a bit greedy for a wall. Yeah. And so they're like, not going to agree to the terms. And then Loki says, hang on a minute. How about we offer him the things he's asking for, but only if he can build the wall in one winter instead of three years. And the gods are like, okay, that seems like maybe a good deal. But same quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially because Freya is fucking distraught in the corner about having to marry a smith. And she's like, why are you guys marrying me up again? And they're like, don't worry, he'll never succeed. Okay? But then Smith almost succeeds. He, like, starts his work. The stallion's doing, like, thrice the work of the smith. He's, like, hauling boulders, left, right, and center. Wall looks amazing, but it's three days until the end of winter, and it looks almost finished. To the point where... (laughs) To the point where the only thing left to do on the wall is move a bunch of stones to make the gate of the wall. Right. And so the gods are like, fuck, we've got to do something. So they pull Loki to the side, and they're like, you have to fix the thing that you started, because you are the one who convinced us that this was the right thing to do, and... We severely underestimated this guy. Like, yeah. we thought he was gonna, he was not gonna succeed, and he is. So, we're fucked. Like, you need to do something. It's three days, and he, he's gonna make. So, fuck, what are we they're gonna do? Paying, they're like, she doesn't wanna marry him. Yeah. So, basically, what Loki does, because the other option to Loki not succeeding is he, the gods are gonna kill him. Because yeah. they're like, we don't wanna lose Freya either. She's fucking hot. We wanna look at something, okay? We can't let her go. And also, if we gave the sun and the moon to this guy, we won't be able to see. It's <laughs> shit. We won't have the Freya will have to walk around like a glow stick. And it's terrible. <laughs> no, he got me everywhere, okay? It's terrible, terrible planning. Anyway, so... Loki is like, I've got the perfect plan, right? It's snowy on the third night. And Loki goes into the woods. And then the smith and the stallion... He takes his stallion into the woods to get more supplies for the third day. The last day of his, you know, he's going to make it. Yeah. Anyway... So Loki transforms into a mare and basically whinnies really close to the stallion and is like, look at me, I'm so beautiful, come and get me. (laughs) And the stallion is overcome with lust and desire and it's specified not just in his heart, but in his penis. (laughs) And he gets really fucking horny at this mare and the mare is like, come and get me. And the stallion's like, fucking will. And so Loki mare runs away. (laughs) Runs away, and the stallion is like, I fucking like when I have to chase women, so I'm going to chase her. And so then Loki runs... Well, it's a horse. <laughs> Loki runs until the morning, and he keeps running, and the stallion keeps chasing. And the smith can't finish his job because there's no horse to finish it, so he's like, fuck, I failed, I don't get Freya, I don't get the moon, and I don't get the sun. And so he finishes the job still, it just takes him a little bit longer. Loki's still running. Just takes him a little bit longer, and so the gods pay him a fair wage instead. And then as punishment for trying to one-up the gods, they allow Thor to basically smash the smith's head in with Jonathan. Until his head is the size of little grains of sand. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty, pretty, you know. That's brutal. He still built the wall. Yeah. So then Loki gets really tired. (laughs) Stalin catches him. (laughs) <laughs> catches her and is like, well, <laughs> we're here now. <laughs> and one of his horses as I thought I'd be. So I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> Loki's like, fuck. And then, and Loki's there like, yeah, yeah. Right. 
And then, yeah, the eight-legged horse Slightmere is born, and Odin's like, I'm going to take that. That seems like fair trade. You get to have a baby. I'm going to keep it. <laughs> and Loki's like, okay, great, awesome. And that's the end of that story. <laughs> like, does that mean he was a horse for nine months? <laughs> I don't know how long. I mean, probably didn't he take stayed in horse. Well, imagine didn't take nine months. It was probably because he was a god at the time. And, sure. You know, he, but can you imagine time as well as female? He can, you know, sure. we had this conversation about the goddesses in Greek mythology. How do they have so many so close together? Demigods, they just pop them out when they're ready. Okay, but like, it would take a hot second though. Like, at least, at least like a I don't know. It seems like this guy is pretty fucking, you know. He's ready to go. <laughs> he's literally like, he's, he's blowing out full grown babies. <laughs> But, like, imagine him walking back in horse form and they're like, so what happened to you? <laughs> so like, oh. I don't want to talk about it. So, like, oh. so I had an idea. <laughs> and it succeeded. But it was really fucking stupid. So, and yeah. the smith still got his head bashed in. Great. Yeah. Good fun. So then the other story about... Oh, that was three. The half story was the kidnapping one. Okay. Yeah, with the, with the testicles. Right, there's still one more. Okay. There's the, yeah, there's one more, and it's the one that we're told in the book, oh. which is the death of Balder, right? The only things that are left out in Loki's retelling is that um, when Balder was born, he started having dreams about things going wrong. And so Odin, and Fre- Odin went down to the underworld to talk to a dead Cirrus to be like, hey, can you tell me my son's future? Because... Like, I want to know. I want to know if he's okay. Yeah. And then the Cirrus goes, well, no, he's going to die. Obviously, like everybody <laughs> Yeah. And Odin, freaking out, goes back to Asgard, tells everyone, and then Freya's like, oh, my God! Yeah, self-fulfilling you know. prophecy. And then she goes to everything in the world and, you know, asks for an oath, whatever. And then they have their party, the friendship of Boulder. I love that in, the, in this Mavis Chase book, Rick's explained it as, like, she had to get an oath out of a boulder. Do you know how hard it is <laughs> to get an oath out of a rock? <laughs> You're like, but she succeeded. Yeah. She, oh, was, she was tenacious. Anyway, so then they're having their party. They're throwing shit at Boulder. They're basically playing the pummel him game, <laughs> you know. And then Loki goes up to Freya and says... Oh, to Frigg, I should say, not Freya. Goes up to Frigg and says, how did you do this? And Frigg is, like, feeling pretty, pretty smug. And she basically boasts about the fact that she got all of this. And she is the one who volunteers the information about mistletoe. And she says, the only thing that I didn't get is mistletoe, but, like, that's so small, it's never going to do anything. And Loki basically goes... (laughs) He was like, okay, bitch. (laughs) Once again... It was a bet moment. Yeah. Like, it was like, Loki's like, well, I called your blood though, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, fucking bet, bitch. So he goes away and he specifically seeks out mistletoe, makes a spear, not a dart, he makes a fucking spear, takes it back, the party's still going on, and he goes up to Hode, and Hode is a blind god of... I can't remember what he's the god of. Uh, let me see if I can find it. He is... His name just means Slayer, which I think is really funny. Um, <laughs> basically says to Hode, hey, you're missing out, and I know that you feel sad for missing out on the pummel boulder game. So here's a spear. I'm going to guide your hand and tell you when to throw it. And Hode is like, fucking yeah, I want to play. Yeah. So he He's takes like, the yeah, spear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically. Somebody remember me. <laughs> he takes the mistletoe spear. When Loki says go, he goes. Boulder dies instantly. Yeah. <laughs> And then is transported down into the underworld, right? Because he died an honourless death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a funeral. Boulder's wife, whose name is Nana, Lol. she 
is, is she gets so caught up in her grief when Boulder's pyre is set on fire and the ship is about to sail off that she dies. So they, no! they just throw her on the flames. <laughs> they they like, chuck her on the flames. Like, 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 it's not too far away. We're not going to waste a funeral. <laughs> like, you're like two for one. Basically. And so she, you know, sails off, whatever. And then Frigg is, like, distraught. And so she appeals to all the gods and she's like, who is going to be brave enough to go down to the underworld and barter with hell for Boulder's soul? See if we can get him back up here because we're really missing out on our parties now. Like, we're not having fun anymore. There's, no fun, things there's no fun party games to play where everybody wins. So <laughs> um, one of her sons is like, yeah, I'll go. Um, he's, like, not really named. Anyway. One of Odin's sons, I should say, yeah. says, I'll go. So he goes down to the underworld, takes him nine days. He gets to the underworld, and sitting next to Hell on a throne is Boulder. And he doesn't want to be there. And Hell is like, look at my new prize. Yeah. <laughs> He's so great. She's like, look what you guys, this gift is great. Look what you yeah. got me. Yeah. And they're like, and no, so no, then, we want him back. Yeah, so the then the son him. is like, can I have my brother back? Like, we really miss him. He was a really good punching bag. Like, I just, we're bored. And Hell is like, okay, if you can get... A, if um, ev- if you go back and everybody, every single thing and every single body weeps for Boulder, then I will know that you're all sad enough that you need him back there, and I will give him back. Like I'll be a nice person. So he goes back, he tells everyone, and everybody cries. Then Loki, little bitch, he's like, well, no, I I played the game fairly. So well, I'm, not sad. I'm not sad at all. So he turned into a Jotun so that he was unrecognizable, turned into a woman, and didn't cry. And he literally says, let hell hold what she has. And everyone's like, well, fuck you. And then they find out that he's Loki, and they're like, okay, well, for this and your many, many crimes against us, we're going to um, tie you down in a cave. We're going to kill your son. We're going to use his intestines and his entrails. Well, he only has one. Oh. Yeah. In some myths, he has two, but mostly he only has one, which is Nari or Nafi. So really, this was just the straw that broke the camel's back. It really, really is. Because Frigg was like, you killed my favourite child. Right. You're not supposed to have a favourite child? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, they tie him down to three rocks using... Uh, Nafi's entrails, and then they have a venomous serpent sit above him, dripping poison in his eyes, um, and then Loki's very faithful wife, Sijin, is there with a, with, a, with a bucket to collect it all, but she obviously has to go and throw it out somewhere when it, the bucket's full, and so when the bucket's full, that's when the snake is like... A piss stream of, of poison right in Loki's eyes, and Loki's like, bitch! <laughs> crying through it all. It's great. Um, yeah, and so when this happens and the drops of venom get into his eyes, uh, it causes Loki to writhe in agony, and those convulsions create earthquakes. Fun. Yeah. Um, Must be a big bucket. We don't get very many earthquakes. Yeah, and so then he is fated to lie uh, in that state until... And then when he breaks free, that will signal one of the beginnings of Ragnarok. Basically, when every bad thing ever is fated to happen, they all happen at once, and then Ragnarok comes. Brilliant. Yeah. And that's everything that. Everything that I'm going to say about... Oh, no, it's not everything I'm going to say about Loki. Those are my three stories, oh, but I have a little bit more information about Loki. He was never actually... There are no traces of anybody who ever worshipped anything in North mythology, North, Norse mythology. Nobody ever worshipped Loki because he wasn't technically a god that they never... There was nothing... He was just that person who really is annoying in the background. He's like, he's in everyone's stories, but he... We didn't want him there. 
I didn't. <laughs> he was uninvited Bob. Yeah, he wasn't welcome um, because, you know, he is an antithesis of all traditional Norse values, which are honour, loyalty, and everything like that. And so he is a traitor to the divinities who held those things in reverence. Like, he's a traitor to... Yeah, basically. Um, But the other thing about him is that the name Loki, it means not, or it means tangle. Oh, And so the thing about that is it points to his role as a maker of nets, but it also means that it points to the way that he traps gods in cunning plans and he nets them like, you know, he yeah. he's basically like the spider waiting to like yeah. you know, and so yeah, it basically his name indicates him being a knot in the otherwise straight thread of the gods' lives like he literally just keeps creating little things that are like, you've stopped the sacred timeline, you've made a little a little kerfuffle, ah. and that's what his name means um, yeah, I think it's really interesting but that's all that I really have left to say about Loki. I got through that quicker than I thought I was going to. Yeah. There are other stories about him that I will tell later on in this series um, because, you know, they come up later on. They, but then we go with books. Yeah, but I think the most interesting thing about when I was doing this research is that I didn't know that the story about the dwarves making the hammer was what inspired the creation, you know, festival competition thing in Magnus. Like, that right. whole plot point, I didn't realise that it was from... And I should have, because that's everything that Rick does. Yeah. I didn't realise that that was from a, you know, a point in mythology, but it is. Yeah. Which is the same as, like, when we did the Rand stuff, and, you know, Magnus is pulling Yulmagander up from up from the depths. That's supposed to be the Thor story of Thor pulling him yeah. up. And so, like, it's just... I don't know why I never, you know, picked it... <laughs> Because every major plot point that Rick uses is based on mythology. Yeah. And it's his way of teaching. Yeah. But I just never picked it. For some reason, that was one thing where I was like, no, 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 he just, he thought that. Yeah. He created yeah. that. No, it like, doesn't have storyline thoughts, no. But yeah, I thought it was really interesting. <laughs> so yeah. Did you have anything else that you really wanted to touch on by the end of this? No, we touched on everything. Oh my god, I had one more thing. And it is about Loki. <laughs> and I think we've said it before, but I want to say it again. So... Loki reminds me of Megamind. Oh yeah, because when he's on when he's on the ship in Magnus's dream or whatever it's supposed to be the projection, and he's talking about how you know he's not ready yet and the ship's not ready yet. He can't signal. Um, you know, I want to delay Ragnarok because I'm not ready to make my grand entrance. <laughs> it just gave me Megamind vibes. Like he is a villain. The black mole. All, all the best villains know that you have to have a keen eye for presentation, otherwise no one will take you seriously. Yeah. Like it's a thing. And Showmanship so, is real. Literally, he knows how important first impressions and costume and background music is. Yeah. So then I was thinking, what is Loki's background song? What is his walkout song? What is his introduction, you know? Oh, you don't have to answer me now. We can think on it. We can think on it for later. So, yeah, that's all I had to say. Um, You didn't have anything else? No. Okay, awesome. No. Um, Well, yeah, come back next week because yeah. we're reading chapters 49 to 55 of The Sword of Summer. Uh, and, yeah, it's going to be really good. If you want to send us an email like Whitney, thank you, Whitney, then you can email us um, at damnsnackbarpod at outlook.com. And if you want to send us a message on the Instagram or the Twitters, then we are at damnsnackbarpod. Thank you, Ecologic Mist, for your lovely message. Ooh. Joe will never read the Iliad. How um, dare you? I definitely won't. <laughs> oh, watch it. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, if you want to come and find us on the Tickety Talk, I'm pretty sure it's katiemack.damsnackbar, but don't quote me on that. Uh, but where else can they find all of our uh, oh personal stuff? Good. Okay, they could find them linked below. Linked below. Come and find it. The alcohol's wearing off. We need to go. Um, Big time, yeah. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Hit the wall. So, we forgot to mention this when we recorded, but uh, Fran's book is out. Fran from The Best Damn Camp, uh, their book, Home to the Wild, is officially out. It's published and it is endorsed by every percy jackson podcaster you've ever come across so you should go and buy it because it is great and i wouldn't be saying it if i didn't think that it was it is very very cute and very very found family and i cried many many times and that's not even an exaggeration so um the link will be in the description please go and buy it it's please go and support fran they deserve it it's it's been a long time coming and we love them anyway bye are you sure it wasn't all my stories about loki was i boring you sorry (laughs) no it was as soon as i like i settled down i said that i was like now is when you have to take a mad shit and i was like (laughs) and that's staying in